Hey everyone, and welcome to Scrambling with Dylan Otto, a podcast where the listeners can hear, learn, and laugh about my life in the golf world and other numerous topics with guests on the show. Tune in every week for insight and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto, featuring University of San Francisco golfer Alex Chin. Alex, welcome, man. Hi, Dylan. How are you? Good, man. I was super excited. We wanted to get you on the pod. You know, I you were at the California Amateur at the Preserve this past summer. I was just kind of out there, you know, taking some pictures. And, I mean, I knew who you were going into the tournament. It was really cool to watch you play. And now super excited to get you on the pod, man. Yeah, sweet. Uh, great to be out here. Yeah, definitely. How you been lately? Everything's been good with school and golf and stuff? Yeah, everything's been good. It's been uh, it's been pretty crazy lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got back from a tournament. Uh, we're going to have another one in a week or a week and a half or so. Yeah. Um, so now we're just kind of getting back into the swing of things, which is obviously pretty exciting. Yeah, exactly. Get back in the season again. No kidding. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll get straight into the first question here. Where are you from and how did you get into the game of golf? Uh, yeah, so I'm from uh, Pleasanton, California. It's about an hour away drive from San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, and I got into golf. Uh, my dad got me these plastic clubs when I was two. So yeah, just kind of been hitting around the house. And I guess ever since I loved it, um, got to the range when I was like three or four. So it was kind of yeah. just uh, since I was born, like almost as soon as I knew how to walk. Exactly. And that's really young, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, um, you know, kind of talk about like as you grew up and stuff, I mean, starting from three or four years old, you know, I've had numerous guys on that they started playing with their 10. So, I mean, kind of talk about what were your junior golf days like and maybe your high school days a little bit. Um, yeah, so it was pretty awesome. I mean, kind of the first few years was just um, enjoying the game. Like my right. parents were just big on me, just having fun and making sure that, that I enjoy it before mm-hmm. I go to the next level. Right. Um, yeah. And then as I went on, it was just um, I was in a junior program at Las Casillas for a while, um, played in the PGA Junior League. Oh, sick. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fun. We were actually the uh, – the first national team winners. Um, oh, so sick. Team Cal- we're part of team California. That's awesome, yeah. man. Those that's huge to, I mean, I remember whenever that, you know, the junior league started and everything, that was a super legit, like, you know, thing to be a part of. That's sick. You guys yeah. are the first national winners. That's awesome. It, yeah. It was unbelievable. It was a great experience. So I got to, I got to see some pretty cool courses, um, mm-hmm. do some pretty, pretty fun stuff at an early age. And then from there um, just went into middle school. We had a really good middle school team there. Uh, one of my good buddies uh, goes to University of Washington. So yeah. um, so I play with him throughout middle school and then high school. We had um, a couple of division one golfers as well. So uh, I feel like I was just always part of a really good team. I was fortunate to be surrounded yeah. by great players. And I think that's just kind of what makes you a lot better as well. Definitely. When you surround yourself yeah. around, you know, players that are better than you and stuff, I totally understand what you're saying. Um I mean, kind of talk about maybe, you know, so outside of your high school team and your junior stuff, I mean, when, what kind of tournaments were you playing in? Maybe like organizations, did you travel a lot or was it mostly kind of local stuff you were playing in? Um, yeah, so I pretty much did mostly local stuff. Um, yeah. I think the the most I played in was the NCGA, uh, Northern California Golf Association. Yeah. And uh, they, they were great. Um, I, I played a lot there. They hosted some really good tournaments, um, played. Um, they, they did, I think, um, they did the California am at Torrey Pines. So, oh, that's, sick, yeah. Yeah. So that's as far as I went, um, mm-hmm. for the NCGA stuff, but gotcha. then, um, I also wanted to do some other stuff for, co- for college. So in why I was in high school, I was doing like some FCWT stuff. Right. Uh, I did a couple AJGAs and, um, I think I did a FCG, 
uh, FCG event. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I try to I try to get out as much. I didn't really go too far. Probably the furthest I went was um, like in Nevada or Arizona, mm-hmm. which is yeah, just a state over. Yeah, definitely. Which is, yeah. I mean, just if you can play kind of all in Northern, Northern California and Southern California, I mean, there's so many schools in California, let alone, you know, just to kind of get yourself in front of those teams. Um, you yeah. talked about a little bit, you know, you're playing in FCWTs for your college kind of, you know, wanting to play college golf and stuff to get that exposure. I mean, talk about the recruiting process a little bit. Like, how did you go about it and kind of when did you start it? Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't use like an actual agency, but I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to know a lot of people that either have gone through the recruiting process or for yeah. example, my coach has um, has a ton of students who went to Cal and Stanford. So oh, he kind of talked to me about, about that process, which was awesome. So they're basically just saying just to go out, play in these FCWT, play in AJGA, play on all these events, try to get some, some national exposure because mm-hmm. um, being in NCGA is great. But um, if you want to get like national recognition from colleges, you, you right. have to play some some national events and compete with with kids outside of the state as well just to show um show how good your game is at the moment exactly and plus yeah. like i mean those AJJ tournaments are huge and you play in, and i mean so the fcwts those are legit tournaments to play in as well and i mean since, i mean since you're from the pleasanton area and all those schools in Northern california you named off some berkeley and stanford and stuff and you play for university of san francisco i mean what were some schools that you were targeting were you mainly targeting northern california or were there other ones that you were kind of looking at um, that was my goal. My goal was to stay in California and play division one golf. Um, yeah. that's actually, it's, it's a lot harder than you would think with so many colleges. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't when growing up, I wasn't really like top of the cream. I was like mid seventies. Um, like I, I didn't exactly get touted from like Stanford and Cal and all that. So yeah. some of the schools I was looking at, um, the first school I was looking at was actually the Colorado school of mines. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was a great program. Uh, talked to coach Kneppa out there. He's, he was great. It was, it was an awesome experience, but um, I was just, uh, my dream was to be, was play division one golf in California. So right. um, I was vaguely looking at Davis, but San Francisco kind of reached out to me and showed a lot of interest. And I think, um, I, I really liked the campus when I got on. So I think I was kind of focused on, on USF once I, once I got that email response back. Yeah. And well, and then, yeah. I mean, university of San Francisco is, I mean, we're talking heart of San Francisco. I mean, what yeah. was that? What was that visit like? I mean, were you kind of like, you were kind of vibing with the San Francisco city or was it just like I mean, something totally new to you? Oh, it was, it was incredible. I mean, we um, like my family would go to San Francisco, um, uh, during winters just to like be a part of like the big like christmas uh gotcha. festivities yeah. going down there but yeah. um never really like lived in san francisco or like been there for like a serious duration of time yeah so that was really cool um my coach likes to say like if we get a recruit on a sunny day we're pretty much guaranteed to lock them up and <laughs> I, I was there on a sunny day it was beautiful like we went out to uh um, the church it's like the second biggest church um college church in uh the u.s so that was pretty awesome yeah and then um also we went out to olympic club and oh, wow. uh, the par three course is just incredible you get an ocean view yeah. um, really get to see like the beauty of the city and all that yeah i mean you're gonna seal any player up if you just take them to olympic club in general oh, exactly yeah i mean that's a good way to get somebody going so i mean yeah so why did you ultimately commit to university university of san francisco was there kind of something that you really liked about on your visit or with the coach or kind of what was the reason why you went there 
Um, I think a lot of it was just the um, like the fact that it was an hour away from from home was really nice. Right. Uh, team like we uh, I knew that Tim Tim Wedding was going to be there, so I knew that our team was going to be really good um, the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. I knew that um, we're going to get some some really good players. Um, and I think that I just like the atmosphere as well. I think um, a lot of it is that if you like um, a smaller campus, for example, like I thought I wanted to go to a bigger campus, but once I was there, it's it just fit. So yeah. I feel like that's just what I went off of. I, it just felt right to to go there and, and choose it. Yeah, well, and it's nice that you went on your visit. And I mean, you just felt at home because I know there can be some visits where you go and it's like, all right, this is not what I was looking for. Just expectations weren't there. And I mean, that's nice that you're able to find a place that you truly felt comfortable at. And I mean, like you said, it's an hour away from home. You're playing division one golf in, in San, you know, in San Francisco, you know, in California as well. Great courses around you. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. The courses that you guys have around you. Um, it is. Kind of yeah. talk about how your years have been like playing for the Dons. I mean, what all comes along with being a golfer there, maybe kind of go through your weekly schedule a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's it's been incredible. It's, um, we we were pretty busy usually. Usually we we have workouts. I actually just had workouts right now. There you uh, go. So yeah, workouts into um, you know just either like kind of trying to find some uh, some quiet time or just doing doing schoolwork until practice, which is around noonish, which is when we can go out to some of these clubs and then we mm-hmm. practice for four or five hours. I mean, our coach is only there for two hours because just because of NCA. Yeah. Um, regulations, but I feel like we have a really hardworking team. So we we're out there for a good four to five hours. And then after that, we go back to class or whatever it is that we're doing or, pra- or maybe even doing some more practice. Um, yeah. And it's been good. Um, our freshman year, we, we came in with pretty low expectations from everyone. We were probably like ranked 150th mm-hmm. um, in the nation. And we, I mean, just, the work ethic I think that our team has in the group camaraderie was awesome. We, we've been going straight up the rankings ever since, and it's been awesome to see. Yeah. When it's nice that, I mean, to go from your freshman year to where you are now, I mean, and who, I mean, obviously with the COVID year, I'm who knows if you're going to take the extra year or not, you know, but it's like, yeah, it's crazy to see, like you said, you guys just increasingly get better and better and better. And it's just like really cool to see, like your freshman year, I got some stats, you know, you appeared in seven events there. Um, you know, you had, you know, you shot your best finish was one over at the prestige. And I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's pretty impressive to go into your first college, you know, into your first year of college and just kind of, you know, feel comfortable, play pretty well, had a solid scoring average of 75. I mean, solid for your first year division one golf. I mean, yep. kind of talk about, I mean, what was it like going into your first year of college and what were some things you had to really adapt to? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was very difficult coming in freshman year. Um, I think a lot of what a lot of people don't know is is, is how much you have to change mm-hmm. um, in terms of like your mindset just to be able to play college golf, because right out the gate, um, you're probably starting off with with qualifiers and um, they're probably at, at courses that you don't know. And the yeah. seniors and the juniors know at the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. And um, for example, like at our clubs, we don't get time to warm up. So we we go in there, no warm up, no, oh, wow. no, no side of the course or anything in there. And some of the, some of the seniors know exactly what's going on. So it can definitely be um, an intimidating start, but I feel that um, it's just all about um, having the mindset of just being ready for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's definitely um, a lot crazier. Not, it's not like junior, like your junior times where you'd get to have a set routine, you know, exactly when your tournaments are 
Like sometimes um, the qualifiers are two to three days a week. So yeah. you just got to be always ready. Um, and I, I think that was the hardest part for me. Just Definitely. being ready to, ready to play, uh, play tournament golf. Exactly. And I mean, it's like week in, week out, you're going to be qualifying for the next tournament. And I mean, that can be huge, especially at, like you said, courses, you have no idea where, like, you just have no idea what's going on. Like, I mean, Olympic club, I mean, like you guys go out to Olympic club. I mean, I'm sure, you know, Cal club and stuff, all that as well. I'm sure that's just, you know, that's like going into your first year there. I'd be like, okay, so where do I even hit the ball at? (laughs) I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, the craziest part is um, out at San Francisco Golf Club, which is one of our qualifying sites, um, they don't even allow rangefinders. So we'd, we'd have a book and then they would say like, this tree is like 75 yards away no from, way. from the middle of the green. No yeah, so way. That, yep. It, it, um, it was definitely an interesting, uh, interesting scene to come to when it came to qualifiers. Uh-huh. Wow. Yep. Yeah. No, no range. I'd be totally <laughs> lost. I mean, I mean, I can pay stuff off and everything, but like, oh my God, like rangefinder is just yeah. so like first nature to just grab the rangefinder and you know, mm-hmm. laser it. Um, so, I mean, as your years were going on and stuff, like you said, you got, you knew that, um, you know, your teammate Tim was going to be on the team. He was obviously a huge, you know, huge guy to have on your team. I mean, what was it like having someone like him on the team? I mean, just talk about maybe the impact he had on the team. And I mean, he was playing some high level tournaments, gotten to some PJ tour events. Kind of talk about what was it like having a guy like him on your team? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, going in, I feel like he was just kind of the jump starter to uh, the success of our program. Um, he came in from Sweden and I mean, he, he started right off the gates, just winning tournaments. Uh, his ball striking is amazing. It's, it's, it's really fun to watch him play. Yeah. And um, it, it's not only just that, like if you have a teammate like that and, and maybe they're a little cocky or something like that, or maybe their personalities don't blend, it would be something different. But I mean, he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Great, great teammate, always looking to help, uh, help us where, when we're struggling with our games. Yeah. And um, I think that was, that was a huge part of why he was such a good teammate and now he's going on and uh he just qualified for uh first stage of q school gotten yeah. second and then um i think uh two days ago he just qualified for the shriners mm-hmm. uh, his first pga tour qualifier i saw that yep so he he's rolling now which is which is awesome to see yeah it's crazy i mean knowing that yeah. you were literally just playing college golf with him and now he's out here you know with you know this success coming in his professional career i mean that's got to be super motivating for not only you, but everybody else on the team. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it's it's definitely it, it's really fun to watch. We're looking forward to seeing him on, on TV pretty soon. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so something I like to go back on, you know, some of the courses that you guys play. I mean, kind of talk about, you know, what what are some of the, you know, the guys that, you know, the courses that are in your rotation? And I'm super curious to hear, like, like, do you guys all carpool? Because, I mean, it's San Francisco. Like, I mean, yeah, you guys' campuses. I mean, I don't know if you live in the city. I mean, kind of talk about that a little bit. It, yeah, that that's the one difficulty about being out here. It, it right. you do have to carpool. It, it probably takes at least 25 minutes to the nearest course, which is Harding Parker Olympic Club. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the hardest part. I mean, it does cut into our, some of our practice a little bit because we do have to factor that in when it comes to classes and all that. But I mean, just the quality of courses is is, uh, is unbelievable. I would definitely yeah. it's definitely worth the 50 minutes round trip going there and back. Um, like with Olympic club, it's like, of course the, the course is amazing. Um, oh, yeah. but the, the range, it's, it's a great range, great short game facility for us to practice on. And I think what's really underrated is the par three course. It's probably in my opinion, the, the best course out, um, out of the three mm-hmm. out there. So yeah, the fact that we get to go out there 
um, twice, two or three times a week is just, uh, we're really thankful for that. And I mean, yeah. we also have cow club and San Francisco golf club, which are two other amazing golf courses. Insane. So, yeah. yeah it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are definitely not short in, you know, quality of golf courses. That's for sure. No, we're not. And it's yeah. super fun to play. Like I, I know personally, I love, like I played Harding park and you know, it was super sunny the day I was there. Yeah. It was great. But like yeah. I went to Olympic club one day and like, just that slight fog playing in it, the colder weather. I like, that is so fun to play. I don't know why it's just so fun to play. And like, I'm sure it's really cool for you guys. And you guys are all geared up and you you know, in your school gear, you guys get, you know, some sick gear, I'm sure, you know, Nike school and everything. I mean, it's just really cool to be playing those kind of courses, man. That's super awesome. And I mean, kind of like, so whenever you got, cause I'm sure with COVID and everything, it's been, you know, online, some stuff like that, but like before, maybe pre COVID, what was it like? were you staying at like on campus or were you staying in an apartment with guys that were in the city or kind of what was your living situation like? I mean, I just think that's so interesting. Yeah. So for my freshman year, I stayed on uh, freshman and sophomore year, I stayed on campus, which gotcha. was really nice. I think it was really nice for accessibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my junior year, we, uh, me and four other teammates stayed at an apartment, which was really cool. I think that was probably my favorite experience. Just hanging out with the guys every, every day was yeah. really cool. Um, and this year is probably, um, it's probably the most difficult, um, because I actually have class in downtown campus, which is probably a good 30 minutes away from main campus. So, um, I, I decided to just stay at home because, Uh um, if I were to get, um, if I were to, to get a room, uh, it would probably be in downtown and it would be by myself and I'd be trying to look for a roommate or something. So I just decided to stay home and that's probably the probably the most difficult just dr- driving there and back um mm-hmm. traffic is is uh horrific yeah. yes so yeah. i mean when i go to workouts we have workouts at eight o'clock and i have to leave um oh. probably around 6 30 6 20 oh my so, gosh wow. yeah so it, yeah. it's definitely more difficult but um it's good in terms of time management i feel like this is oh yeah yeah it's something that's re- gonna be really useful so i'm kind of looking at it from that lens exactly and i mean that's yeah. just I just, I found it so interesting because when I played junior college golf before I transferred to Sonoma state, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I thought university of San Francisco was just so cool. Cause you were in the heart of the city. Like, like, it's just crazy. Like, you know, there's that downtown campus and then they have the main campus of course. And then the courses you guys play, I thought it was just be such a cool course to go to, you know, but I mean, obviously it's a yeah. pretty penny to go to school there. It's a pretty penny to you know live in if you're going to live yeah. off campus and everything. So, I mean, that's definitely has to be up your alley, but um, I just, we thought it'd be so interesting to kind of ask you about that. And um, I mean, what, I mean, it's, it's just really cool. That you guys kind of carpool everywhere. You guys were living together. You're around the team, like most of your days, like that's just really yeah. cool. And I'm sure the team chemistry was just amazing, you know? Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, uh, I think out of all the teams at USF, we're the closest knit group of people. We kind of hang around within each other um, and we we're always there to support each other. And I think it's, I think it's just awesome. We're going to take a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors. Scrambling with Dolan Auto is sponsored by our friends over at Putt View Books. Putt View Books makes yardage and green books that are used by the best junior, college, amateur, and professional golfers in the world and are designed with the assistance of world-renowned golf coach Phil Kenyon and can be made for over 30,000 golf courses. The amount of precision that's put into each yardage and green book is impeccable, and Cordy from Golf Science Lab says they're clear, simple, and very useful. 
If you want a yardage or a green book, head over to their website at puttviewbooks.com and check them out on Instagram at puttviewbooks. Yeah, that's huge to have, yeah. and that's absolutely huge. Um, so, I mean, outside of your college golf, you've traveled and played some awesome tournaments. I mean, you played at the Pacific Coast Amateur Chambers Bay, the California Amateur at the Preserve, and many more. I mean, a tournament that I'd like to talk about was this past year's, I mean, USAM at Oakmont Country Club. I mean, I know you qualified at, you know, Castlewood, um, which is in Pleasanton, your hometown. You shot 66, 67. Kind of talk about what that meant to kind of go to a local, you know, course that, you know, that's local to you, go out there and qualify for the USAM. Yeah, it, it's really awesome. I'm, I'm extremely fortunate. Castlewood's actually my home course. I, oh, there you go. I, I, I have a, I have a uh, merit application there. Castlewood is, has been fantastic to me. So um, I, I get to practice there all the time. So going there, I know I was certainly the favorite. Um, mm -hmm. And I've known what past scores are. It's probably usually like seven, six or seven under would get you in. Yeah, but um, I was very fortunate to actually be playing with the other guy that that qualified as well. Oh, so sick. we were just yeah, we were just kind of feeding off each other, and it was definitely a weird situation where like maybe I'm I had a, I had a rough start. I was one under through nine, so mm -hmm. I definitely um, I played well to end up shooting sixty six the first round. But yeah, it's uh yeah, it was hard to get the mentality like yeah, yes, six or seven under is probably good enough, but just keep pushing and just shoot as low as you can because you never know what's going to happen out there and sure enough i think uh third place was nine under so i'm, I'm really glad that yeah. i just kept kept the pedal to the metal so exactly that, that was really awesome yeah. well and it's i mean i mean that's one of the longest days you know qualifying for the usm it's 36 holes in one day and it's kind of like a monday qualifier like you you got to go low because i mean they only took two guys from your qualifying you know you're from your site and everything i mean that's just huge to be one of those yeah. two guys and i mean I know. I mean, yes. I mean, I'm sure you were the favorite going into it. That's your home course yeah. and everything. But I mean, did you feel any like pressure? Like this is my home course. I mean, what? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's always <laughs> there, there's there's members that I'm coming up to saying like, oh, like you pretty much got in the bag and it's it's easy oh, just to wow. kind of slip into that mindset. And, but it's yeah. just just got to cancel out and just say like it's a it's a level playing field. You're just playing a regular golf course and just go out and do your best exactly and so yeah. i mean you qualified at your home course you got to oakmont country club you know you played in stroke play didn't make match play but kind of talk about just the experiences at playing oakmont country club and playing in u.s amateur i mean that's just that's huge that's yeah. huge yeah it was incredible i mean oakmont is definitely uh, a very unique challenge that i've never faced before with these tight fairways uh, those bunkers are really steep and <laughs> it's it's like it's sometimes the um the cameras just don't do it justice it's really it's really brutal out there um and just to play out there was incredible obviously the history behind it um i really enjoyed just kind of seeing the past champions out there u.s amateur and u.s open alike mm -hmm. um and then just going out there i i struggled my first nine holes that's kind of what did me and i was six over through nine holes and i was six over for the tournament so right. yeah um that that was just it was a little bit difficult um to start off that way, but I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that I, um, I played well throughout the last 27 holes and I gave myself a shot at making match play, even though mm -hmm. I didn't quite get there. Cause, um, the last year I was at us amateur, I kind of shot myself out of it. Gotcha. Um, and it was just a fun experience instead of me just actually being in the heat of the competition. Right. And yeah, it's nice so. that, I mean, like you said, just to kind of have that experience and kind of give yourself a chance at possibly making match play, at least you didn't, go out there, shoot a million, whatever it is, and then be like, okay, well, I mean, oh, well, it is what it is. But, like, 
I mean, that happens though with golf sometimes. And, you know, I'm sure you're going to continue to, you know, qualify for that tournament and everything. It's just really cool to have those experiences and see how well they translate into kind of just your, your future experiences with college golf or professional golf. I mean, it's huge. Um, yep. I mean, you've been around some amazing players. You had your teammate, you know, Tim, that was really good as well. I mean, what are, what are some things that maybe you feel like junior golfers or kids that are in high school that, you know, really need to focus on to maybe better their chances at becoming better players or getting recruited by, you know, D1 schools? Mm -hmm. Um, I think then I don't really, uh, I'm not really sure about how coaches recruit, Mm -hmm. but if I were a college coach looking for a junior golfer, the one thing I would look at is not really when they're playing well, because I feel like anyone can play well, shoot a 65 and, you know, have their good day. Yeah. Um, I would like to see not just what, how they do after when they're having a bad round or where they're struggling or kind of like what their reaction is. Like, are they just going to give up and fold or are they going to, you know, really try to make a comeback and really give, give their all, even though they're not playing their best because um, it's a five count four format. And, you know, if people are going to have their off days and, the one thing you can't have is you can't have too high numbers um, right. for college golf. That's what college coaches are looking at. So they want to see someone that doesn't have the role, but they're going to fight for that one, one over par, or even, even par score. So I think junior golfers, um, I, w- I would say the one thing is trying to make your bad rounds better, mm-hmm. not just yeah. your good rounds better. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's huge because let's say, I mean, let's say you're at the US Amateur, you're six over, like you said, I mean, you were six over the rest of the tournament. I mean, you were even par for 27 holes. I mean, you were grinding it out. I think that's huge to talk about because like you said, I mean, anybody looks good shooting seven under and they're going to be stoked, you know? So it's like, yeah, what's it, what's that player going to look like when he's grinding it out for, you know, four over or something, and he comes back and he, you know, shoots one over. I mean, I'd be pretty psyched myself. And I think that's huge, you know, to let junior golfers know that just it's, you know, really got to watch your demeanor on the golf course too. That's huge. Right. And yeah, and one other thing to add on that is yeah. um, one thing that I've learned is um, when people are struggling with their golf swing, they're not hitting it well. I think the first reaction is to be like, okay, how do we fix it? Mm-hmm. Um, but on the, on the golf course, I don't really feel like that's the right mentality to have. Like if you, I would rather think about it as like, what are my misses right now? Cause if I'm hitting 30 yard, like, or if I'm say I'm hitting like 10 or 15 yard blocks and that's mm-hmm. just kind of the miss. Yeah. Instead of trying to fix that, maybe I would just aim towards the left side of the green and mm-hmm. just just try to put my normal confidence swing on it instead of trying to fix it and then right. maybe doing something else even worse. Exactly. And yeah. That's, that's just the whole part about um, adjusting on the fly um, on the course. Yeah, that's huge yeah. because what I mean, let's say, like you said, you start hitting blocks, you start hitting, you know, a little bit more of a cut that you normally do and you're trying to fix it. It could go it could go bad really fast i mean instead Mm -hmm. just kind of playing with what you got you know right exactly yeah i think that's great that you brought that up man definitely yeah um so i mean since you know with the covid year and everything you know i'm super curious are you going to take that extra covid year and if so you know what are some of your goals you have for the remainder of your college career um yeah so i'm actually i'm actually taking it right now so this is my this is my fifth year um so i'm doing a master's in financial analysis so that's an 18 month program Mm -hmm. so my plan would be just to finish out the rest of the year and then maybe use the six months um to just finish up my master's and at the same time do some pga tour qualifiers corn Ferry tour qualifiers in in the area Mm -hmm. and just just see how i do because you know maybe i get lucky and i qualify in and play well in a pga tour event and get get in the easy way but Mm -hmm. um 
if not, then I'll probably try to find some sort of uh, local tour to try to play on in the meantime. Gotcha. So yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, professional golf is, is definitely in your future. Then that's awesome. Yeah. 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 And there's some great mini tours out there. You know, let's, you know, like you said, if you get into a qualifier and you go play well, dude, that's, that would be awesome. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that would be ideal. And, um, but I mean, there's some great mini tours, you know, I'm super excited to see how you do not only the rest of your college career, but um, just as you get into your professional career and stuff. Cause I mean, just in Northern California, there's a lot of good, you know, Isaiah Slen of Highland Podcast, Kevin Vell of Highland yeah. Podcast, and all those guys are, you know, all those guys are out there chasing the dream of professional golf too, and you'll be right out there with them, and you'll be right out there with your teammate, Tim. I mean, that'd be sick one day. You guys are competing, you know, playing in the same group or something. That'd be huge. That, that'd be really exciting, yeah. yeah. That'd be huge. So um, we're heading to the next section of the show. I like to call the ham and egg section, so it's just kind of okay. some for fun questions just to kind of get to know Alex Chan a little bit more. So, um I know you've played a ton of golf in your life and I mean, I'm sure there might be kind of a lot of moments where you've been nervous, but is there kind of one that sticks out to you the most that you've been like extremely nervous on the golf course? And if so, like, how do you keep yourself focused? Yeah, definitely. So I've qualified um, through us open local qualifying twice, but the first time was by far the most nervous I've ever been at a golf course because I bet I um, it's a funny story. I actually, I hit my tee shot. And I go up and I, I laser the pin. I get 155. I go up, I hit my shot in the bunker, like not a good shot. And then the rules official comes up to me and said, uh, did you just use a rangefinder? And I oh, said, yeah, no. I did. And, he, and I, and I forgot that it's not a college event because I was in between college events. So I'm just so used to using a oh, rangefinder. Gotcha. And this was before they adjusted it. The, the rule that you can use a rangefinder in these oh, events. Wow. So I got a two shot penalty right off the bat and then ended up in a playoff. So oh I shot four under. So I ended up in a playoff. So the the one thing I'm thinking is, man, if I just don't get in because of this two shot penalty, I would be really upset. Right. So that playoff was probably one of the most nervous I ever was. But um, I ended up making the 15 footer for birdie on the first hole and got through. So let's I was, go, I was, baby. I was, really, I was really happy. Yeah. I, and it's so cool <laughs> to make a putt like that. I mean, not only just, I mean, of course, you know, tap ins are nice, but to make a clutch 15 footer like yeah. that, that's huge, dude. Yeah. I, I was really happy. I mean, just overall the experience, like making the putt when it counted and just also <laughs> not having that two shot penalty affect yeah. me was was nice and i'm sure that was kind of story yeah. in itself you know people hey you know, you know alex chin two-stroke penalty but still comes out on top in the playoff i mean that's huge yeah that's yeah. huge man um so i mean whenever you were kind of thinking about obviously you had that penalty what were you what were you doing to try and like not dwell on that penalty i mean were you just kind of like all right let's go out here like i mean the penalty it is what it is and just go out there and shoot the lowest score you can or what was your thought process after the penalty um, well, my thought process was just, okay, like I, I have the penalty, but I'm not going to treat it as like part of my scorecard. You know, I'm just going to play as I'm playing. Cause gotcha. I feel like if you start off two over, that's kind of like a negative mindset. So I was just said, okay, I just made par in the hole and then I'm just gonna have to shoot really, really good to get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because no, that's I, I know that, yeah. Cause that's not, I know that's not how I actually shot. So I'm, I just try to keep that two shot penalty out of my mind, just play the best I could. Yeah, geez. I mean, yeah. it seems like you get in a USAM qualifier, man. You're guaranteed under par, dude. You, I mean, just in, in your recent history, it seems like, you know, you've yeah. been able to go out there and, you know, perform really well, man. It just shows how yeah. good of a player you are. Um, Thank you. So, I mean, now we're on the next question. And now that college golfers can be, you know, they can kind of market themselves and, you know, make some money and stuff. I mean, what do you think about that? And is there any kind of, you know, maybe ways you're thinking about growing your brand maybe or maybe kind of preparing for professional golf? 
Yeah, I think it's great that um, college golfers are allowed to now brand themselves because, I mean, there's a lot of golf influencers that are amateurs that right. were allowed to brand themselves. And I felt like it was unfair that just because we're in college, that just means that we can't brand ourselves. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking not maybe not now, but maybe in the near term future when I become pro, maybe branding myself will be really nice just to have like that financial help is I know it's really expensive just to try to be on tour and yeah and and succeed like I've heard a lot of stories about what you actually have to do like how well you have to play just to break even right so I think that um, that's something that's definitely in my in in the near future for me yeah and I mean professional golf so I mean that's a grind man so I mean yeah anything anything helps especially I mean not only you got to go out there and shoot low scores but like I mean, it's expensive for some of those tournaments, you know, you're, you're paying, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars and you're not even guaranteeing anything back yet. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's super cool that college athletes can, you know, market themselves and, you know, it's, it'd be great, you know, for you, you're at a good time right now because, you know, you kind of, you know, get just preparing for your professional career and, you know, maybe getting some sponsorships out there, getting your name out there, you know? So, I mean, that's also why I love doing this is, you know, getting people's names out there and, I mean, you know, people already know, you know, the, the golfer and guy you are, it's just great to kind of get yourself even more out there. So, um, you know, I'm super excited yeah. to see how that goes for you as well. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, I mean, we've yeah. talked about your career, you've talked, you know, we talked about the um, like resources you guys have at University of San Francisco a little bit and, you know, kind of what your week looks like and qualifying and stuff, but what's the coolest resource you have access to, you know, playing at University of San Francisco? Is it the courses you play, the schedule you guys have, or is there something else maybe that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I think it's, it's gotta be the courses. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's, it's too good. Um, I, I think the best part about it is that we've established a really good relationship with all these courses. Oh, awesome. so we, um, yeah. So we get to go out there probably like we, at least like three to four times a week combining all of them so i just think that that's really awesome and and just maybe in the future like keeping that relationship uh, right even after usf i think is probably the best resource of, of them all like for example um i i know a guy from cow club um and i've i've met him a lot and he's uh he's openly said that there are some possibilities of me becoming a venturi member at cow club so, perfect dude that so, would be insane yeah, just opportunities like that um, come come your way at USF, and I think that that's that's probably the greatest resource. The people that you get to get to meet out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I mean, that would be huge to have a play. You know, only I mean, to have a place to play is amazing. But a place like Cal Club, I mean, that would mm-hmm. be insane to be able to go out there, grind, and just better your game. Man, I mean, that's huge. That's yeah, huge. yeah, exactly. Like the the Isaiah Linda and Kevin Bello, I think they're both out at Cal Club. So, yeah. 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 It'd be sick to get out there and just, you know, get amongst it with them. And just, I mean, just, just surrounding yourself around guys that are trying to do the same thing that you're doing. I mean, that is just makes it kind of more enjoyable to do it with some other guys, you know? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Um, so we talked about the most nervous you've been on the golf course is maybe, is maybe there like a most memorable moment you've had while being on the golf course. It can be, you know, either in competition or not. Um, I think that that tournament was probably the most memorable. I, that's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life, just the whole experience, um, down the stretch. Um, it, I think just the, the butterflies, the pressure that you get, it's definitely, um, it's a lot of pressure, but at the same time, it's something that you're, you're looking forward to each time you you tee it up. Right. And I think that that was, 
that, that, that feeling that I had was something that I'll always remember, um, mm-hmm. going down because, um, you just, just knowing like you could potentially play in the U S open, like one of the best tournaments in the world, mm-hmm. like the U S amateur is, is obviously a great event, but the U S open is, is something that could be potentially life-changing. You go out and you play in the U S open, well, right. one of the best experiences ever. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, that, um, just knowing that that pressure was there and then um, overcoming the challenges and succeeding was probably the fact that made it the most memorable to me. Yeah. And when it's a super moment you'll, that you're really proud of because it's hard to get in a tournament and have those juices going and, and getting that adrenaline kind of, you know, you're feeling it as well. It's tough to get that anywhere you go. Like you can't just go have a round with your buddies and get that same kind of tournament feeling. It's just very unique. And when you can get in those moments and perform the way you did, I mean, those are just only going to make you a better player in the long run for sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. Um, so we're heading to the last question here, you know, who's inspired you to be the person slash golfer you are today. I'm sure there's been a lot of people that have been supportive for you, your whole, you know, golfing careers or kind of some people that, you know, that have inspired you, inspired you and kind of gotten to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of people that have supported me in my career and um, I'm just really grateful to have all those people. But I think that the person that inspired me to become the golfer that I am is my dad. Um, yeah. He's always been the one that's like been on the range with me when I was young, yeah. watched me hit balls. He's the one that's always pushing me to become better. So I think, I just think like his role, um, just being like really supportive, but at the same time, just not you know, not, not let me be lazy, essentially, like right. throughout the year, just work hard and, and, um, and just slowly get better and better each year. Like, especially like my freshman, sophomore year of high school, I wasn't nearly the caliber of player that I needed to be, to be at the professional level, mm-hmm. but he was the one that I was just saying, like, you just keep on working hard and eventually those results will, will come. So just, just having that type of motivation, um, was really important. Yeah. When it's, I, I've, I've had numerous people tell me, you know, a family member or a coach or something. I mean, you need to have that support to play golf. I mean, it's huge. And it's great that, you know, your dad was there to motivate you, you know, even when maybe you weren't playing the best or something. And he was like, you know, you just keep grinding at it. You'll get to where you want to be. That's huge to have. It's huge to have in your corner for sure. And I'm glad that he was there for you, man. That's definitely huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a a great role model. And it's just nice to, you know, have someone with, not, not only just like tell you to have a good work ethic, but I think just like leading by example as well. Yeah. Because you can just say like work hard, but if you don't do it yourself, then it's not really, it doesn't really feel the same. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. A little easier said than done. That's for sure in golf. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but, I agreed. Exactly. Um, so, well, that'll wrap up this week's episode of Scrambling with Dolan Auto featuring Alex Chin. Alex, thank you so much for coming on, man. It was really great to get on here, chat a little bit and just kind of tell everybody about yourself, man. So, um, you know, just can't, you know, I'm super excited for the rest of your career in college and also looking forward to what you do in your professional career too. And we'll, uh, we'll shout you out on the Instagram, man, every time. Awesome. Sounds good. Of course, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me out here. Sounds good. Alrighty. Have a good one, everybody. Hey everyone, thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Scrambling with Dylan Otto. Just want to let you guys know I create an Instagram for the podcast called Scrambling Podcast. You can head over there, follow for updates on the episodes, as well as material that I'll be talking about in the episodes like videos or photos. So you can check them out there and get a little more insight on the episodes. Thanks again for listening and have a good one.